then returned to the States with him in tow. Burke could still remember the day their fantasy of Jessa waiting for him and Cole had come crashing down. Their dutiful personal assistant of five years, Hillary, had kept Lennox's investigations running during their long operation in South America. They'd returned home, ready to hop a plane to New York and claim Jessa for good, but their assistant had delivered the terrible news their private investigator had dug up. Jessa was married. He winced at the memory and tried to console himself with the knowledge that he'd given Hillary an extra holiday bonus to atone for their bad behavior that day. He doesn't take good care of her, Burke muttered, wishing he could take something apart with his bare hands. God, he knew he had no right to be, but he was really fucking bitter that she'd married someone else. He doesn't even shovel the damn walkway. She could break her leg just trying to get her mail, which she clearly retrieved as soon as the storm let up. Burke's gaze tracked the dainty footsteps in the snow directly to the mailbox, then back to the front door. It was so damn cold those footprints had frozen in the powder. It hadn't been cold in South America. The weather had been hot, so humid he could still feel the thick air clogging in his lungs. The chill of the Virginia night should have been a welcome change. But it only brought home the fact that he'd spent the worst year of his life in a tropical hellhole doing a job that had cost him and Cole the only woman they would likely ever love. But when they'd gotten the urgent call twenty-four hours ago, they'd come running for Jessa anyway. Last winter, as their case had led them to South America and they'd realized just how deep undercover they would have to go, They had left behind a phone number for Jessa to contact them in case she needed anything. While abroad, they'd left that phone with their friend and sometimes employer, Dex James, of Black Oak Oil, along with instructions to keep it charged and to contact them immediately if Jessa called. Dex owed them a couple of big-time favors, and it seemed more appropriate to task the man experienced with security and menage relationships than their assistant. The poor woman had enough to keep up with in their absence. God, he hadn't expected to survive the op in South America. In fact, neither one of them really had thought they would make it. In the back of his head, Burke had hoped that Jessa would reach out to them. But she hadn't called. Finally, nearly a year after they'd last seen her, she'd sent a simple text which Dex had relayed. Please, I need to see you, as soon as possible. Burke had instructed Dex to call and find out what she needed, but she hadn't answered. She hadn't replied to a text back, either. Three planes, thousands of miles, and not a wink of sleep later. They stood outside her house, wondering what the hell was going on. If she needed help... Why wasn't she turning to her husband? Unless he was the problem. Had Jessa brought home a man who hurt her, who scared her so much she would reach out to two men who had left her so abruptly after a few brief days of heaven? 
There's no way to know until we find her and ask. God, he'd faced down some of the most dangerous men in the world, but one sweet-faced five-foot-three-inch woman had him trembling. Perhaps because that sweet-faced woman held way more in her hands than his life. She still held his goddamned heart. He stared at the front door, his breath puffing out in little clouds. Jessa was behind that door. She'd built a whole new life for herself while they'd worked that op. She'd left New York and her school, found someone new. Jessa had utterly moved on, while he and Cole hadn't even begun to try yet. The wrongness of the situation hit him. It felt like a blow to the chest. Jessa hadn't just moved down the road, but from one state to another, from one relationship.